It is kind of the Wild West. Part of that is a good thing because it doesn't just allow big brands to stomp over all the little competition. It's one of the reasons that little brands do get to compete. If you go into the running shoe space and you're a startup running shoe brand, you can actually get your ads shown beside Nike instead of Nike just owning the entire category. You're gonna run into profitability questions when you're trying to be very aggressive on the platform. But if you are looking for that incrementality and you say you are a DTC brand, you're running Facebook, TikTok, a bit of Google, but you're not on Amazon yet, you don't have to spend a bunch to be there. Yes, Amazon's gonna take their cut, but you could launch on Amazon, build a really nice listing, drive a little bit of branded traffic to it, drive a little bit of spend, you don't have to go crazy, and you will just plug a hole in the bucket. Imperfect Foods, Instacart, Nespresso, and Coach all use Coley to generate TikTok videos that are on brand, on budget, and on time. As one of TikTok's first creative partners, Coley has the track record, know-how, and tools to help you TikTok your way to short-form glory. And now you can tap into that exclusive expertise with Coley's TikTok Creative Brief template. It has all the steps you need for successful creator collaborations and best practices to create fun and engaging TikToks. Head to coley.com TikTok to download your free copy and start creating TikToks for your brand that people actually want to watch. That's C-O-H-L-E-Y dot com slash TikTok. Hello and welcome to All Killer No Filler, the D2C podcast. I am here with Robin Clifford from the Pilot House Amazon team to discuss a few things that have been on their mind lately. And to start, you know, it's, it's funny, I, I interview brands, you know, once or twice a week now for the past two years. And I'm always still amazed when I run into brands that sort of throw up roadblocks on the idea of being on Amazon. And, and I wanted to just take a little step back and like assess the big question, you know, why Amazon? How should brands really be thinking about Amazon these days, Rob? One of the objections we commonly run into, I know Clifford's got more to say on this one for sure, but is when brands view Amazon as the competition. They're like, they have this ingrained in their mind that it's, it's Amazon they're competing against. And it's, Amazon's a marketplace. You're not necessarily competing against Amazon. You're competing against your competitors who are selling on Amazon. And if you're not there, you're just choosing not to have a seat at the table and you're losing out on potential sales, in my in my humble opinion. Clifford, you see the same. 100%. I think there was a some data point recently. I don't know how reliable all these random sources of data are, but I think Amazon's marketplace represented something around 25% of U.S. e-commerce and then Amazon directly selling themselves was something like 17%. So... Is Amazon a competitor? Yeah, but it's only a competitor for, like they only really do sell really big brands through their own vendor program or their own like house brands kind of knockoffs of existing products. But for the majority of X DTC brand, their competitors are selling on Amazon as a seller rather than Amazon being their competitor directly. Makes sense. I, I guess there's brands that are just worried about, there's so many brands that I guess are precious with their brand experience. They feel like maybe their their moat isn't big enough in order to like become fully commoditized on a platform like Amazon. Is Are those things that you hear as well from brands who are, who are hesitant to get on? Definitely a concern on delivering the right customer experience and, and really showcasing your brand is sometimes a concern and really walking someone through that entire experience. The good news is we are getting more tools on Amazon. I mean, Frankly, shopping on Amazon for me is like 
it's not great like from a just a listing standpoint but it's getting a lot better with the addition of like sponsored brand video and then on your actual listing you, you utilizing a plus content um, as well as your Amazon storefront, which is essentially your website, little website within Amazon where there's no competitor ads. You can really dial in your creative on it and really showcase what your brand is about uh, and show customers, get customers bought into the brand story, show them what you, what you stand for and what you're trying to do with your brand. And there is an opportunity to do that now that I think wasn't around or wasn't possible several years ago um, and is now there. So it's, it's an objection that is warranted in some instance, but is, um, I would say, not as uh, not as big as a concern as it, as it used to be. You agree, Clifford? Yeah, it's it's funny because um, Rob and I, over the past, one of the reasons we wanted to kind of discuss this, um, over the past week we've been discussing Nike pulling out of Amazon quite a bit um, because Nike apparently a few years ago came in quite hard into Amazon, made a big push, made agreements with Amazon and things, and then they pulled out two, three years later. And a big part of that was them not being able to control things like other people selling their products or not getting the Amazon's choice badge when like a third party got it from them when someone searched Nike or something like that. And honestly, that's one of the reasons Amazon is so good as a platform is that exact reason that just like just because you were Nike and you came in and decided to sell it. If there is other people selling legitimate Nike products beside you, that's on you. Like that's on you for letting your distribution let people get it for cheaper to undercut you or sell it differently. So the entire point and the reason that customers love Amazon, well, as much as they love Amazon, um, is uh, is because you can get a really good deal on it, um, and so you can do your best to protect your brand and do all the branding that you can, but there's also a large amount of strategy involved with like the advertising side of things or whatever else to ensure that you're owning your own brand on the platform and whatnot. And it is kind of the wild west a little bit. And part of that, it, in my opinion, is a good thing because it doesn't just allow big brands to stomp over all the little competition. It's one of the reasons that little brands do get to compete on the platform is that, you know, if you go into the running shoe space and you're a startup running shoe brand, you can actually get your ads shown beside Nike instead of Nike just owning the entire category. So you're saying if Nike had come to Pilot House, we would have convinced them to stay on Amazon, but just do it a little bit better. Yeah, they just did it very wrong. That's all. Love to tell Nike when they do the do the things wrong. Uh, I, that's what I love about having Clifford on the on the podcast. He'll bring up those hot takes. Um, back to your the initial point about everything that that uh, D2C founders are talking about right now is incrementality, growing incrementally from your ad spend, making sure that your attribution is correct, so that you know that the efforts that you're putting in are, are giving you efforts out. And so I guess people are are afraid. You know, people who view Amazon as a competition will be viewed as like, okay, they're going to be eating into my margin. They're going to be taking sales that happen alternatively. But there's got to be a massive amount of increase incremental purchasers that just live in the Amazon environment. Like Amazon is, I would imagine, almost never a net loss. Like it's always going to be incrementally more customers if you do it right, right? I would say so. I mean, you're going to run into sort of profitability questions when you're trying to be very aggressive on the platform, trying to go very quickly as you are with sort of any platform. If you're trying to be as aggressive as possible, you're going to sacrifice some efficiencies. But if you are looking for that incrementality and you say you are a DTC brand, you're running Facebook, TikTok, a bit of Google, but you're not on Amazon yet, you don't have to spend a bunch to be there. It's like, yes, Amazon's going to take their cut, but you could launch on Amazon, build a really nice listing, an SEO optimized listing, and 
drive a little bit of branded traffic to it, drive a little bit of spend. Don't be, you don't have to go crazy and you will just plug a hole in the bucket. Like you're by spending on Facebook and being a DTC brand selling to all the channels that you are, you're making a whole bunch of brand aware customers. A bunch of those customers like to shop on Amazon. They have prime, they go there. And just by being there, you're going to capture some of that. There's going to be a very small percentage that, Hey, maybe they would have bought through your DTC site, but honestly, well, from what we've seen, it's not a large percentage because it's Amazon that gets them to convert. It's the fact that it's on there. It's the fact that it's prime. It's the fact that it's easy. It's one click buy. It's that just like, that's that final step. And then you're also capturing the people that would have maybe searched on Amazon for your product, not found it, found a competitor that was maybe better priced or pretty much similar, but it's free shipping. It's prime. They're already on Amazon. Now they're in that mindset and they buy a competitor. Um, so there's, there is a level of sales you can just capture by launching on Amazon. And it builds each review, each purchase goes towards your organic sales, which will help you grow on the platform. Like if you're just buying ads on Facebook, there's, you know, maybe I guess your audiences get better, your data gets better, but you're not like investing in a listing in the same way you're investing in a listing on Amazon, you know, when you run ads to it. Definitely. And what you can do is it's one of the better ways to profitably grow Amazon. If you're not necessarily concerned about Amazon being like massive scale right away is capture your brand aware traffic and capture that bottom of funnel traffic that's easy to convert and build up some rank and relevance, build up a bit of that flywheel, just get it churning away and then get more aggressive as you've built it up. Um, you can be very aggressive from the start and just go to it. And that we love doing that because it's super fun. Uh, but if you're kind of cautious, then you can be cautious about it and still make some additional sales. The thing that you mentioned earlier that just, I hadn't thought of putting it this way is, is Amazon just collects sort of uh, you know, problem aware customers. And that's the big difference between it uh, versus a platform like Facebook, where you're interruptive, uh, TikTok, where you're kind of getting into people's social feeds. The people who are coming across your brand are probably like fully likely aware of the problem that your product solves already, which is just a huge opportunity. I know I love to drop my like name drop brands that are doing bad Amazon jobs. So uh, for Lululemon um, as a brand on Amazon, like they're another brand that very clearly is not taking Amazon seriously as a channel. And you can see how distinctly they're losing customers if you literally search yoga pants or just literally the brand name Lululemon and you get ads for five other brands that come up when you search it or any other niche that... As Lululemon, they should definitely own, but they are just bleeding market share. Like you've built this like yoga pant market up. You've built this niche and this entire industry up. And now you have 50 plus percent of US e-commerce just going to these competitors who are just capitalizing on your brand name. It's incredible. I just, I find it insane every time. Lulu, if you're listening, you all, I don't know if you came. To, I don't know if you had anyone coming to our, our event that we had in Vancouver. I know you're headquartered there, but if anyone knows people at Lululemon, let's talk about it. Because in their in their view, they're probably just like, okay, our retail experience is so great, our e-commerce experience is so great. We get all of our customers here. We don't want to, you know. But but what that leads to is a degraded experience on a platform like Amazon. And like you say, it's it's definitely not plugging the bucket for all of the awareness they've created in this category that they have themselves created. What else can brands do like with this idea? Okay. Like knowing that all of the customers on Amazon, you know, for your product are basically problem aware. Once they're coming across, coming across your brand, what else can you sort of do with that mindset to take advantage? It's really just tailoring to, well, 
understanding the pain points that your product solves and tailoring, tailoring your listing and imagery and A plus content to removing that pain point. Um, because ultimately if they're problem aware customers, they're searching for solutions. If you can showcase that, like, like recognize the pain point to like reinforce it and then showcase a solution and then showcase the benefit and the experience afterwards. Like that's a pretty sweet little funnel to bring someone's mind through. And if you understand that from the highest level, but then going into individually, like if you have a bunch of different niches that your product solves in, then understand those in the individual niches and make sure you're tailoring your ad strategy and your listing to those individual ones um, as you scale through them. iOS 14.5, the infamous Apple update left D2C brands struggling to find and market to the right audiences. That's why hundreds of D2C brands are turning to Black Crow AI. Their plug-and-play machine learning technology measures in real time every visitor's likelihood to buy to build predictive audiences for retargeting and prospecting. In short, Black Crow can significantly boost ROAS by helping you specifically target people who will actually want to buy from you. Find out why brands like Magic Spoon, Barabee, and Liquid IV are using Black Crow AI. Visit blackcrow.ai to learn more and request a 30-day free trial. We've articulated there's not a lot of instances where Amazon isn't the right fit. But I'd be just curious, like, what are the instances that you've come across where you can justifiably say, okay, this business isn't the right fit for, for Amazon? I would say straight, like, a lot of times it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Um, but when they're just like completely not the right fit, it's going to come down to profitability. And even at that standpoint, like maybe they have such thin profit margins that they can't actually afford to advertise, but it might still make sense to build a listing, make it SEO optimized, capture some branded traffic. You just have to have the right understanding that Amazon's not going to be a scale platform for you. Whereas same goes for if you're like, creating a new market and it's a brand new product. No one's aware of it. It's a super new product. Maybe it solves a new issue in a new way, but there's no search volume for it. That you have to understand that if you try and launch on Amazon first, like that's going to be a really tough go. Whereas launching on Facebook first or launching on a disruptive platform where you can educate someone on why this your new product is different and the best in the market and it's better than everything else that came before it and deliver that education piece and then create the market and then launch on Amazon late down the road to capture that traffic and that market that you've created is a good way to do it. But launching from day one might not be worth the resources. Uh, the flip side, if you're coming into like uh, an industry or a niche that has like very high search volume, you're solving a, a pain point in a slightly different way, but it's a similar product, better price point, better USP, whatever it might be, however you're better then you can come into that market and you can break into Amazon. You might see some breakout success. Um, so I think it's just having the right mindset when you're looking at Amazon and understanding where, like what puzzle piece does it fill for your brand and what's the best timing to jump into it. That makes sense. Clifford, anything to add there? Yeah. And one of the, one of the big things that I think we haven't touched on is how logistically like skilled Amazon is and how much of that process they take away and they make so much easier for you as a brand owner. Uh, like if you're a small brand in say Canada, we're in Canada, our shipping in Canada is a nightmare. Like if you want to ship something from Vancouver to Toronto, you're probably paying 12, 13, if not upwards of $20 to ship an individual small item. Whereas if you go 
set up your fulfillment through Amazon, they'll pick, pack, and ship that item for probably six or seven dollars. So even if you don't care about the entire sales channel as a whole, which I feel like we've set out a pretty decent case that you should, but even if you don't want any of that part, you can still just get your stuff on Amazon, set up the most bare bones listing possible, and just utilize their fulfillment channel in itself. And you can use that to fulfill your own orders through your e-commerce site, just for them as a 3PL basically. There's stricter storage limits than you might typically run into with a typical 3PL, but they can do that very well. And in most regions, it's a lot cheaper than almost any 3PL you're gonna run into. Like we have a few clients who are in the UK currently and they, small and light program of Amazon in the UK, they're pick packing and shipping items for 80 cents or 80 pounds. Like there's incredible savings to be had from a lot of brands. And it gives you that like large logistics backing without actually needing to have your own warehouse or needing to have that set up to begin with. Massively beneficial. And I imagine any time that you've got a brand, I, the, the term that keeps coming back to me is plugging the bucket. Because it's like if you're spending a ton of money on other platforms, if you're going ham on Facebook or TikTok or Google or all of them, you're going to just be losing purchases through that leaky bucket by not being on Amazon. So it's especially in, ter in terms of timing as to when Amazon is essential. It feels like when you're spending a ton on all these uh, other channels, uh, you got to be on Amazon as well. And then I think an important piece to touch on there too is that you don't, you can still incentivize customers to come back to DTC at some point because there is massive value in having someone buy through your Shopify website, owning their email, owning their data, having their email list, making sure that you can now sell that customer in perpetuity until they unsubscribe or leave this world. Um, so there's, there's that value and you can do that and you can actually capture new customers on like net new customers on Amazon and switch them into a lifetime customer on DTC. If you're selling a more generic product on Amazon, that's one of your lifetime evergreen products, but you do seasonal stuff. Maybe don't do your seasonal stuff on Amazon. So if someone searches a generic keyword, I don't know, say they're searching for dog treats and they find like a dog treat, yours is better than everyone, it's great. And then they go to your website and they're like, oh, you, they do like seasonal, I don't know, they do something seasonal um, or special promotion. Then it's like, oh, then maybe they buy their next purchase there and then you have them. Um, so you can do limited edition stuff through your DTZ website, but your evergreen skews through Amazon. And that actually plays to the Amazon algorithm a little bit better because you have a set skew that's never going to go away. It builds rank, it builds reviews. It's eventually going to have thousands of reviews. And if you're always doing limited edition stuff, those aren't great on Amazon because it's always a new ASIN. It's always got fresh reviews. And you can do it with a vari variation. There's, there's ways to do it and ways to do it well. But if you have that mindset that you're like, I want the customer data, I tell the brands that we work with, like, great, like, find a way to, let's find a way to incentivize them to come back to DTC eventually, but let's capture everything we can on Amazon too. Um, and you can make the two play together. Yeah, well, I think, uh, I think we've made quite a good case here for why brands need to, like, honestly, like, is it still literally a conversation you're having on the regular with people that are like, no, I just don't want to be on Amazon. And you guys can just see examples of like, you know, why they should be worked with brands in a similar boat. Is it, it should be a no brainer as far as you're concerned, but they're hung up on it. I think we see it in the like the DCC world. So you see it like whether it's like on in Facebook groups or like Twitter. It's it's out there as a presence, and there's still people with that mindset. Luckily, I'd say as within Pilot House, um, generally brands are pretty bottom of funnel in terms of considering Amazon. By the time they talk to me, um, so most of them most of them see the value. But it is 
a concern in the space, I would say. Back to your previous point too, I like the idea of offering premiums off D to C versus the way that like warehouse stores have worked in the past. So like shoe warehouse gets like a crappy version of Topsiders with like, you know, without the leather laces or you actually, you get a slightly lower quality version at one, at one of the mass distributors. And I don't love that approach. I don't, do you see brands trying that approach or is it usually this like premium products off the site, regular products on the site? I've seen Amazon be used as more of like a liquidation platform. So looking at sort of maybe over inventory SKUs or stuff that they can maybe accept a lower price on because, um, and it actually, it can be a strategy that works with Amazon, not necessarily maybe from a quality standpoint, so not something different, but like maybe you overstocked like some seasonal stuff. Um, you're trying to get rid of it at a lower price. You're a premium product in the space, but now being able to offer a discount actually brings you into competitive within the Amazon world. Um, then you may be able to make a play there by, say, doing seconds or older inventory on Amazon uh, and then offering your brand new like limited edition stuff through your regular website. Um, so there, there's different plays you can do. I always like the idea of like evergreen on Amazon and then limited edition stuff and, and evergreen through DTC because then you're going to get... Uh, yeah, your more evergreen stuff is going to do better. But then if you can get someone bought into like, hey, maybe they buy your shorts and they're awesome shorts and they got the black ones because everyone needs a black pair of shorts. But then they go to your website and there's some limited edition like bright green ones. and They're like, well, those look pretty good. You're not going to have the, your, your bright green shorts aren't going to crush and they're not going to be a market leader of the shorts category on Amazon because that's a very small market. But you can capture a bunch of that demand through DTC. So that's kind of my go-to strategy. Oh, anything to add there on the product side, Clifford? Yeah, and a big a big thing you'll run into if you're doing both, like you have a Shopify store and then you're also running on Amazon, is Amazon really restricts their pricing. So they have a very strict product pricing policy that you, if you're offering this product somewhere else on the internet, they want to be the cheapest price. And if you're not, they'll basically restrict like from advertising on Amazon. They'll take away the buy, like the add to cart button. They'll make it as hard as possible for you to sell it on their website. So in doing that same approach, as well as you know offering different bundles or subscription pricing or different promo codes, things like this on your website, you're not violating that pricing policy either. So you're not running into some of those issues that um, a lot of the time you might want to price more expensive on uh, Amazon because of the fees, or you might want to only run certain margin items on Amazon because others don't make sense because Amazon takes their 15% or whatever on your specific category. So it makes sense to only sell certain items there. And then the ones that don't make sense because of however the numbers break down, just selling them on your DTC site means you're still in line with that pricing policy as well. One of the things I always love checking in with you guys on is what's going on in the world of Bezos. Any Anything new with Jeff Bezos in the world? I saw that he started tweeting politically. It looked like he was just like reading directly off of Elon Musk's notes in class. He was like, oh, I got to start doing fiery political tweets as well. Anything new on the Bezos watch? His boat's done, right? Yeah, his, he took down that bridge. I think he's reconstructed the bridge already. Gearing up for space and politics. Yeah, if Bezos is listening. Would love an invite to the yacht sometime. That sounds like a great time, but you know. We are yacht people. We're, we're on an island here. Yeah. So <clears throat> just pony on up. Come on up to uh, Victoria, Jeff, and we will, we'll get it all sorted out. We'll, we're going to get Lululemon. We're going to get Nike to turn it around and, and pay attention to their Amazon listings. Anyone else you want to call out Clifford while we're on it? Any other, uh, any other brands that you're just like, yo, these guys got to step up their game. I mean, those are my big ones. I think a lot of the uh, big electronic brands do a pretty like subpar job as well, but 
you could almost search nearly any major brand on Amazon, go to their Amazon store page and compare it to their homepage of their actual website. And their Amazon store will be extremely low effort in comparison to what their website looks like. Just goes to show how little they care despite their Amazon store probably getting three times the traffic of their website. And with a little love and tenderness could be doing so much better. Yeah, with literally just taking the same images that they have on their website and putting them on there, fitting them into their Amazon presence, yeah. If you feel called out by this podcast, you've got to go to pilothouse.co. Make sure you mention this podcast. Make sure you mention Clifford by name because he was the one with the microaggressions. Want to thank you guys both for coming on the All Killer No Filler podcast today. It's always fun. Thanks, Eric. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can do that right now at directtoconsumeralloneword.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.